So we're back. <laughs> we're back, we're back, we're back. And this week's episode, we're going to discuss a really interesting topic that I didn't think I was going to even talk about because it doesn't affect me personally. But it's something that I kind of, I've had conversations about because one of how young my daughter is, a lot of times people have, I don't want to say questions. Questions sound like I have advice. Um, People always assume things on my daughter. Um, One of the major issues that I see often is oh my god, she probably doesn't even sleep at night or she's probably horrible trying to get down for bed. And I was like, who? And they're like, the baby. No. They're like, really? I said, she goes to sleep really easily. Pretty fast. Always consistent. Like, one of the things that I always like to talk about is how me and my husband have habits. And our habits or we agree on a lot of things. We disagree on a lot of things, but our disagreements are more of understanding because of our age gap, our concept of life, and our experiences. You know what I mean? So, like, when it comes to certain things, me and my husband, we click immediately. Like, huh, exactly. And on some things, me and my husband have real deep conversations because I'm like, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. (laughs) So... If you don't know what you're listening to, you're listening to the Marley Files of the New Black Mom. And today's more or less a, a think by theory. <laughs> and one of the major things I think is hilarious is the fact that people assume because my daughter's little and she's a baby that she's really poor sleep, sleep habits. Um, one of the things I can credit her father for is her sleep habits. When we came home from the hospital, the first thing we did was put her in a crib. And I laughed because I took a picture. She looked like the baby off of Men in Black, the first one. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Big old glossy eyes. And my daughter still does have these big old white glossy eyes. But she looked like a little Spanish baby. Now I am a melanated since I am a chocolate woman. Now my husband is on the fair side. But my daughter was paler than pale, and I was nervous because I thought she might have had jaundice and, you know, all of this other stuff because I was a first-time mom, and everyone was like, oh, my God, she's so bright, she's so yellow, she's so pale. And I was just like, oh, my God, there's something wrong. No, there was nothing wrong. She was just opposite of me. So, one of the more interesting facts was me and him agreeing on her sleeping in our bed. Let that sink in. Now, the reason I say, you know, it was an interesting thought was because we didn't disagree on her sleeping in our bed. We immediately was like, work. And the reason I say that was because I've seen people literally with a five-year-old trying to have their bed back because the five-year-old is just in the bed with them. Oh, it's nighttime. Oh, we're all going to bed. We're all getting into bed. Now, this is not a bashing for those who want their children to co-sleep. 
I breastfed, and she still slept in her crib. It was very rare that she actually stayed in the bed overnight. Now, when she was super, super tiny, we had more nights where she would stay overnight because I would get up at like three in the morning, put her on the boob, come back in bed, wake up at like nine o'clock and put her back in the crib. That, I don't consider sleep. Because she was eating every two, three hours and she was sleep feeding, she was like comfortable. And when you have a newborn and you're getting them used to breastfeeding, the consistency is key. Now, what I will say is even when we started, you know, putting breast milk in a bottle and continual, you know, trying to keep up with the feeding, one of the things I noticed was that she still found comfort in sleeping in her bed. A lot of people say, you know, if you breastfeed, they get attached to sleeping next to you and all of that. And I would get up, breastfeed, put her back in the crib. Or my husband would get up, grab her, bring her in the bed. I put her on the boobs. I would breastfeed and then go put her back in the bed or, you know, he would go put her back in the bed, whatever. I never had too many nights where I was like, oh my God, I just can't get her to lay down. Now, do we have nights like that? If she's not sleepy or if she's home when I'm home and we do, you know, us hanging out, and I'm tired, sometimes she will fight a nap. But that's because she wants to play and she wants to stay up and she wants to hang out. And, you know, at daycare, they don't force naps on the baby. They definitely let them have their own kind of sleep cycle, which I can appreciate because then I know my kid is sleeping when she's tired and not as a, a habit. Now, the difference is when you allow your children to sleep at will, they become more liberal with the choice of how far they'll play until you notice that they're sleeping. But you as a parent should notice when your child, like what are their toes when they get sleepy? One of my daughter's toes is she starts rubbing her eyes really heavy or she starts getting a little fussy now fussy is, is a liberal sense because people go well babies are fussy my daughter is not super fussy unless she's like hungry or she's irritated like if too much going on if it's too loud if it's too much happening she starts getting like eh, i don't want to be in this room if it's super loud she starts to get into this uh I want to nestle under you kind of thing. Now, one thing I will say is that my daughter's really great about when she's sleepy, you know, showing her toes. Now that she's one, she's definitely more, you know, easy to tell when she's tired. Because when she's tired, she, my daughter has become a thumb sucker. So she will put her thumb in her mouth. She will start to like, mm-hmm. And then she will just come and put her head down on me and my husband. Those are her toes. Now, the upside to it is we kind of know when she gets sleepy like that because that means she's like ready to go to bed. And ready to go to bed in the sense of she she's like dead point. Like, this is it. Now, 
what I will say is when she gets to that point, we might have already hit her wall. So putting her in the crib, she's like, she's sleeping. And the reason I brought this up was because I was discussing with one of the parents at my daughter's daycare. She's like, oh, she's such a good baby. She's such a happy baby. And I'm like, oh, thank you. You know, people usually talk at my daughter, not me. But she was like, oh, I bet. Except until it's very friendly. I said, oh, no. My daughter goes to sleep at night. And it's so funny because I went and we went to her, her godmother's house. And usually when I go visit home, I go stay at my best friend's house and... Her five-year-old, about to be six-year-old, got so used to when they were living in a smaller place, sharing a bed with her. And now she's trying to get her to be a big girl and to get comfortable sleeping solo. And it's really hard because her daughter got so used to, you know, being in the comfort zone of a TV and then of being in the bed with her that now it's a consistent kind of battle. And it's not because she's a bedwetter. She's a big girl. She sleeps in a big girl panty. She's, you know, comfortable. She knows how to go to the bathroom before, you know, she's not any of those things. But because when she goes to like her grandmother's house, she stays in the bed with her. Or when she goes to, you know, her, whoever, she stays in the bed with her mom. So one of the funniest things is we went to go visit her recently and I usually still, if I go to her house, I'll stay in the bed with her. And my goddaughter's always like, oh, I want to stay in the bed with y'all. And we're like, girl, the queen size bed. I'm not a small person. My best friend is tiny, but you're a big girl. Like, you need to sleep in your big girl bed. She's just like, mm, I don't want to. Meanwhile, my daughter, who just turned one, literally got up put her in my goddaughter's bed. Now, my goddaughter had one of those little, um, like, not even a foot above the ground kind of bed. I put her in there, made sure I put some pillows because she had a little gap from where the actual side panel of the bed was. And literally put her in there, went to sleep. And my best friend was already asleep, so she didn't notice. So then when I woke up, my best friend was like, where's the baby? I was like, and in Nani's bed and she's like what I was like well yeah so she's like she didn't fall or anything I'm like probably not so we go out there and of course my daughter screamed around a little bit so her feet were hanging off the bed but other than that no my daughter has a firm firm sleep cycle and the reason I say firm is not because you know with some tired parent who's like oh no you need to go to bed at 5 o'clock no my daughter will be so ready to go to sleep as soon as she gets out of daycare because she usually didn't sleep long in daycare or you know she's been there all day and kind of wore out so she's a little hungry but as soon as she gets in the car she starts dozing after she starts dozing but if we don't go straight home she's sleeping in the car now if we go home I used to let her sleep in the car seat unbuckle her let her get comfortable take her out put her in a crib or lay her on a blanket and whatever but even now it's like if it's time for her to go to sleep we consistently take her out, put her in the crib, she sleeps. So, my three tips for getting your babies used to. Sleeping alone. Don't give them distractions. And when I say don't give them distractions, don't give them something that's going to continually play all night, something that becomes a stimulant, 
something that is a codependency of them, how they sleep. TVs, tablets, stuff like that. Um, my younger stepdaughter is a tablet user. So she will fall asleep in a dark room. But she also finds comfort, especially if her sister is not there. Her big sister wasn't there this summer. She wants to spend time with her mom. She would use her tablet kind of as a comfort from being in alone in a room by herself. Now, for the most part, even even the oldest girls, like my oldest daughter will tell you, she does not watch a bunch of TV. When we first moved, you know, she kind of got used to sitting in front of the TV and hanging out. As time progressed, we did not put a TV in her room. We had decided we were going to, and then, you know, behavioral actions show differently. And so she kind of gotten so used to just coming home and not watching TV or coming home and being creative or coming home and listening to music, whatever. Because I gave her our old school radio. Why? Because kids don't listen to the radio anymore. And it gives her freedom to listen to things, but it's a clean version. She's not Googling a bunch of nonsense. She doesn't have access to her phone or her laptop or her tablet, any of that. But it's also the comfort zone of her being independently sleeping. And independent sleeping is Her getting used to sleeping in a quiet space. Her getting used to sleeping in a silent space. Her getting used to self-soothing. And self-soothing doesn't mean crying. But it's her getting used to just know the independence of finding peace sleeping by yourself and it might sound like a really crazy thought but you want your kids to grow this independent so my daughter sleeps in silence (laughs) in a dark room the only thing she hears is her fan or you know the soothing sounds of rain or natural sounds so I'm not going to say she didn't use anything but what she did use, we had like a little baby, you know, music carousel that lasted a minute that played some soothing classical music, and then that's it. And like my my, uh, my dad's wife, her uh, youngest granddaughter, sleeps to classical music. It's stimulating, but it's peaceful, and it's also something that she gets used to because. It's kind of non-invasive, non-you know, dream triggering. It's very peaceful. It's very soothing for the brain. It's going to be uh, going to be too much. She likes silence, and when it's noise, like if we've tried things where she's slept in, you know, with the TV on, she doesn't sleep. So tip number two is. Comforting your baby's bed or space with as little as possible. Non-distractive, non-toy forming. Don't put toys in the crib. Make the crib strictly for sleeping. And that's a habit as parents we have to figure out because we'll naturally go, oh, you can play with your toys, here's something. No, no, no. Give them 
space to sleep and let them understand that the crib is just for sleeping. Let's take a quick break and I'll be back. So we're back. Like cook crack. <laughs> that is the worst line ever. I'm so sorry. I'm problematic as hell. But no, we were talking about baby sleeping habits. And everyone, you know, I talked to was like, I think it's racially ambiguous to decide, you know, how your child is sleeping. And a lot of times people assume certain races, certain sleeping habits. I said, well, it's the truth. It's nothing against white people or even I'll say Asian people. They have a very high percentage of co-sleeping. And I think it's a cultural thing. Like, Asian people don't put their older family in, in homes or any of that. They will literally take on the responsibility of taking care of, taking responsibility of, and stepping up and taking care of their older family until they're dead. But I think culturally, especially black people, we have the biggest kind of, uh, what's the word? What's the word? Uh... We are so easily influenced by the decisions of our ancestor. Everything is like, oh, I wouldn't do that if I was you. Or, you know, they say if you do X, Y, you don't get Z. And you'd be like, what? We are so, like, caught up in that world of, oh, God, what is the word for it? Superstition. Yes, that's the word. We are so superstitious and full of superstition because I personally know for a fact, I didn't want to give my daughter a pacifier. I didn't want to give her the pacifier because pacifiers are a really hard thing to break your children out of the habit of. And it really, it's really bad for their teeth. And a lot of stuff that I've chosen weren't because I just like choosing difficult routes, but I saw firsthand my best friend with a two-year-old having to hide 25 different, you know, pacifiers from her over a two-year time span because people would just continually buy her one or she would find another one or whatever just so she could break the habit of having a pacifier. I saw, you know, different difficulties of family and friends that put me in a position where I was like, don't want to go through that. I'm grateful because I did end up giving my daughter the pacifier. She just wasn't a fan of it. She was just like, nah, I'm good, mom. Like, literally, she never used it in a traditional sense of sitting there sucking on it. But she would nibble on it and chew on it and used it more for teething than anything else. Like, when I say I would find pieces of her pacifier like she would just bite the nipple off and just chew on the rest of it 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 literally served no purpose as most kids would use it like soothing and like having a nipple in your mouth or whatever it did none of those things so when it came to sleeping habits one of the first things me and my husband agreed on was her not sleeping in the bed with us my husband is 6'6 six, six and like 350. I am 5'9 and like 250. We have a queen size bed, a standard queen size bed at that. And me and him 
tend to bump a lot. How we sleep, when we sleep, whatever. And the crazier part about it was like just figuring out how a baby, even though I was breastfeeding, I'll say that. Because a lot of times people assume, oh, well, if you're breastfeeding, how are you not co-sleeping? I would literally get up. I would feed her. I would let her nestle. And then I would put her in the crib and repeat the cycle. Like, literally. Every couple hours, I would get up. I would feed her. I would lay her back down. And I would go back to sleep. And the harder part of it was... Some nights I didn't even hear her because I was in such a deep sleep when I could. He would get up, he would bring her in the bed. It was a really easy thing to keep up with. But what I found was that I got certain nights where I was just like, F it, I'm just gonna let her sleep in here. And it wouldn't even be a night. I would literally not realize I would be getting up at like 3 4 o'clock feeding her. And then I would get up at like 7 or 8. Thinking she had been in there all night. Literally 3 or 4 hours. But when it came to sleeping, I wanted her to gain independence. And I think all of the kids are pretty much like that. Where sleep has not been a fighting issue. I know growing up, I had a fighting issue with sleep. I didn't want to go to bed. And then I would do crazy things. And one of my worst habits was I used to fall asleep with the TV on. And the reason I say it's a really bad habit, because your brain is continually stimulized instead of resting. Sleeping in a dark, empty, non-noise filled room, other than soothing sounds of like a fan or rain or whatever, you tend to overstimulate your brain where your brain is still active and moving and thinking instead of resting. So I found myself having to train as an adult, which is hard as hell, to not sleep with things on. And it sounds like, oh, well, that's super easy. If you are an adult who sleeps with the TV on and sleeps with it on continuously for however, two, three more years, try sleeping without a freaking TV on. You will want to pull your hair out because it's too quiet. It's too peaceful. But I learned as an adult, I dated a guy who was like, yo, I can't sleep with the TV on. And I was like, okay. He was like, so we're going to have to figure something out. And I used to tell him, like, okay, what do you want me to do? He was like, put a timer on it, go to sleep, and then I'll come in and turn it off. And I'll go to sleep. He was like, but we can't, we can't live like this. And I was like, okay. Because I was scared. I never slept with those. I've slept with. Maybe, maybe, maybe a handful of times in my life without some type of stimulant, whether it was a radio station, a podcast, something that was more or less moving and shaking in my ears. And I had to really stop myself because I was like getting so codependent on it. It was disturbing my partner at the time. And I didn't really know how to be empathetic without coming off like damn he really wants me to turn this off (laughs) you know what I mean like I didn't know how to be like oh my god babe it was like damn I gotta figure out how to get this around this man but kids are totally different kids have 
stronger habits. They pick up stronger, especially as kids. They definitely pick up stronger habits than we anticipate them to have. Because a lot of times we'll look at kids and go, oh, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. And sleep is a big deal. I know my daughter has really poor sleeping during the day habits, like taking naps. And she tends to then crash really heavy right before her bedtime. So, like, my daughter's daycare does not force her to take a nap. Why? Because she's one. She's 11 months. And she literally, I mean, I'm sorry. She's 13 months. (laughs) I went the wrong direction. She's 13 months. And they feel as though kids under two kind of know when they're tired they burn themselves out now they suggest nap nap time but they don't forcibly go you need to lay down and take a nap one my daughter doesn't play that she will cry and cry and cry until you realize she's not going to sleep and I mean she will catch second wind and cry till she's hoarse now if she's sleepy she will just want you to hold her until she's like comfortable but at nighttime 360 Lay her in the crib, turn off the light, throw a blanket over, good night, beautiful. And she's already in her U pillow, the little, you know, breastfeeding U pillow. And that's her that's her pillow. She's comfortable. She's down for the night. She doesn't get up until the next morning. Now that might sound crazy. Cause I always laugh because people always go, She sleeps by herself. She sleeps in the dark. She sleeps in silence. I'm like, it's a rarity that I have to put on like a little lullaby or one of her little sleep melodies or something. But again, every kid is different. So when you have a child and you sleep train them, and I know it's a very hard habit to sleep train. If you don't know what sleep training is, it's literally putting your baby in a crib and letting them cry themselves to sleep. But the point of sleep training, and I won't say it works, the point of it is to literally get your child used to self-soothing, self-comfort, and self-sleeping. Like, just sleeping solo. Now, the reason people want that is because a baby that can sleep by themselves is an independent baby. Meaning, if they're tired, they will go to sleep. They won't fight you. They won't argue. They won't try to, you know, play up till 5 a.m., Kids always act like if they had the opportunity to stay up to 2 a.m., they would. I'll tell you right now, my two oldest daughters do not choose that life. It's so hilarious. They're like, oh, yeah, I can hang out. You know, go to bed when you're done. 12, 31 o'clock. They don't even make it to midnight half the time. Because all that energy, they, we let them burn all day long where they're running around and having fun. Literally, my kids are in bed before midnight if they have, like, a weekend schedule. And during the week, my oldest, she's in bed by 9. And 9 is, like, late because she's all about to sleep. She could be literally my biological kid in life because kids don't appreciate a good nap. They don't appreciate a good midday slumber. One of the main things I love about my daughter being in daycare is the fact that even when I'm off, because I'm usually off during the week, I can literally drop her off. I usually grab me some breakfast and then I come home and I take a two or three hour power nap. Even if I didn't work the night before. So like I'm off tomorrow 
and I get off today at 5. I'll probably go to the market when I get off. I'll go cook dinner tonight. I'll still be in bed before 11. Get up early, drop her off, and then I'll be right back in bed before 12. Now, kids on the other hand, you kind of have to, especially under 5, you have to kind of let them burn themselves out to exhaustion. Because what happens is, unless you are going to nap with them, I find that my daughter likes co-napping, which I'm totally fine with. She wants to be held, let her rock, let her chill. And I don't even always rock her. I just let her lay on me, which is comforting. And I think it's the comfort because she was breastfed that she wants that kind of, hey, can I lay with you kind of thing, which is perfectly fine for me. But then it's like, when it's time to go to sleep, she be all about it. You know what I mean? It's not a... Oh, she doesn't want to sleep or oh, she's not trying to go to sleep. You have to pull these habits for your kids because what happens is when you want them to go other places, like when she goes to stay at her aunt's or her grandmother's, I'm totally, totally ready for her to like get her thing on. And the harder part is just knowing that I, I want her to go to sleep, but I can't tell them how to do it without them doing, okay, I don't get what you mean. And the reason I say that is because every single person's like, how do you get her to go to sleep? I'm like, I lay her in the crib. And they're like, no, no, like, really, how do you get her? I'm like, I put her in the crib, and I walk away. And she's like, okay. But, again... If you aren't that person, it's one of those things. (laughs) But again, I think you have to almost pull out your own, your own tricks of the trade, but you have to start them early. Definitely start them early. And the reason I say start them early, because then once you start them, it's just a matter of maintaining. If you don't start them with a good habit in the beginning, like I tell people all the time, my daughter's been sleeping in the crib since she came home from the hospital. And every night we put it in her to go to sleep in the crib. So, yep, you're going in the crib. Yep, you're going in the crib. Yep, you're going in the crib. Why? Because as soon as you allow your kids to wiggle out. Now, if you're a parent who wants to co-sleep and co-parent and all these amazing co-things, I know I saw a family on Facebook who literally said they have five kids and they have a, a bed bigger than a California king. And that's how they literally all sleep. And I was like, yeah, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. I don't want it. I don't like it. I don't want it. And I think it's because I've never been raised in that sense of, like, I'm, I'm here for you know being naked and comfortable in your skin I'm just not a fan of 38 people in my bed 
I don't even want the one who sleeps in my bed more often than not. Because you know what? He moves. And he tends to move a lot. But find your kids' grooves. Be supportive of it. And literally try your best to try to find the best route of getting them in a comfort zone of actually sleeping fully. Because the 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 where they sleep is only part of the problem. <laughs> but I'm out. I appreciate you for listening. Holla at me next week. <laughs>